This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. The ninth canto of Dante's Purgatorio is about transition, specifically the transition into the realm of purgatory proper. Only in this canto, at line 49, does Virgil explicitly tell Dante the pilgrim that he has indeed now come to the gate of purgatory. Canto 9 actually involves two transitions. The first happens while Dante is asleep and St. Lucy carries him up to the gate of purgatory. The second transition consists of this passing through the gate. Now, these transitions are presented here in a manner that suggests that this crossing of the threshold is important not only for Dante the Pilgrim, but also for Dante the Poet, as well as for the reader. Now, the effect of these transitions is to prepare us for the revelation that is to come, specifically the revelation of how a soul goes from vice to virtue, the central work that's accomplished in purgatory. Now, because of the densely elusive character of this canto, it's worth taking a moment to be clear first about what's happening here. Now, we can Consider what Dante seems to be showing us then through the particular way that he makes use of classical myth and history. Ultimately, this transition into purgatory is also a transition from the grief of tragedy to the assurance of a good ending. The ending for the kind of story that Dante calls a comedy. The canto begins by identifying the time of evening with reference to the moon. Now, the moon is identified only as the lover of old Tithonus. Now, as we shall see, age is the distinguishing feature of Tithonus. The moon is crowned by the constellation Scorpio, that animal whose deadly sting is in its tail or in its ending. Now, the pilgrim Dante falls asleep, and towards the end of his sleep, he dreams that he's been taken up in the talons of an eagle, just as the Trojan prince Ganymede was taken up by Zeus to Olympus. Now, when Dante awakens, Suddenly, from his dream, in stark fear, Virgil then reassures him. He explains that while Dante was sleeping, Lucy had come and carried him up the mountain to the gate of purgatory. Now, as you may recall, Lucy has already played a role in Dante's journey back in Canto II of the Inferno, and we shall meet her again in the Paradiso. It's crucial to remember that her name means light. And in this sense, by carrying Dante up the mountain to this point of transition, She embodies the crucial role that the light of divine revelation has in making Dante's journey possible. Now, Virgil and Dante then approach the gate of purgatory. By appealing to the authority of Lucy, they're then admitted by that sword-bearing angel who inscribes seven iterations of the letter P on Dante's forehead. Now, the P stands for peccatum, the Latin word for sin. Now, we're also given here a description of the color and the character of the three steps that lead to the threshold of purgatory followed by a description of two keys that the angel uses to open the door. The canto then ends with two extended similes that describe two different sounds, namely the creaking of the door on its hinges and the sound of singing that Dante hears as he steps through the doorway. Now, one distinctive feature of this passage is the dense use of classical allusions. In fact, near the very center of the canto, at line 70, Dante the poet feels compelled to address his readers directly about this very issue. He explains that his exalted subject matter at this point deserves such elevated poetic artistry. We've already noticed 
that he refers to the myth of Tithonus, for example, and the myth of Ganymede, but there are also references to the myth of Philomel, who becomes, in Dante's version, that grieving swallow who perhaps remembers a sad past. We also encounter references to Achilles waking up bewildered after he has been transported to the island of Skyros by his mother, Thetis, while he was sleeping. Thetis was attempting to keep Achilles from going to his death in the war at Troy. Finally, there is this obscure comparison between the creaking of the hinges on the door to purgatory and the echoing roar of what's called the Tarpeian Rock. Now, this is the rock that echoed when the door of the Roman treasury in the temple of Saturn was forced open by Julius Caesar when he came to steal its contents, despite the opposition of a guard named Metellus. Now, any standard translation of the Divine Comedy should identify these kinds of allusions for you and many others. But the question you want to consider is this. What is Dante trying to show us through this particular combination of allusions? I suggest that Dante is actually counting on his readers to remember that each of these classical stories are in fact profoundly sad. For example, the myth of handsome Tithonus is the tragic story of a mistaken attempt by a mortal to become immortal. The tragedy arises from the fact that although he does indeed become immortal, he does not get immortal youth or immortal beauty. As a result, he continues to age indefinitely. Now, this is arguably the sting that's at the end of the scorpion that crowns the lover of Tithonus, who is the moon. Now, take a closer look at each of these classical references, and you'll find a sad and tragic backstory. But here's the crucial point a point suggested by Robert Hollander. In each case here, Dante's reference to a given myth or historic event provides not only a similarity, but also a striking contrast. For example, in contrast to the story of Tithonus, the pilgrim Dante is about to model the right way for a human mortal to become immortal, precisely by ascending Mount Purgatory. In the same way, the loud booming echo of the doors to the Roman treasury becomes instead the groan of a gate that happens, that opens the road to freedom for the soul who actually is God's treasure. The groan of the door in Dante's story is said to be even louder by comparison, but its meaning is also the opposite. It's a sign of joy rather than sadness. Now I suggest to you that you'll find that Dante does something similar also with each of these classical allusions. Each story does indeed resemble something in Dante's poem, but the tragic part of each classical story no longer applies. The reversal is dramatized by Dante's own reaction to Virgil's explanation of the situation when he awakens from his dream and when he awakens in fear. He describes himself as being like a man whose paralyzing fear is relieved by learning the truth. Neither the fear nor the tragedy of Tithonus or Philomel or Ganymede or Achilles applies any longer to Dante, the pilgrim. This is the deeper poetic shift that occurs throughout this transition to the realm of purgatory proper. It's a shift from tragedy to comedy. Now, at the end of this canto, Dante also depicts profound theological realities through the description of the three steps on the threshold of the gate to purgatory and the two keys that are both required to open the door. Now, in each case, we're presented with the mystery of how humans can be given the grace to cooperate with divine agency. Oh, in both the grace of repentance and the grace of sanctification. Now, in the case of repentance, for example, consider the role 
that both divine and human action have in the three steps that are vividly described. First, there's the self-examination that happens in the mirror of confession, the first step. Then the brokenness of contrition. If you remember, the second step is broken. And then finally, the blood of satisfaction at the red step. Now, each step requires both divine and human action. However, the detail that I want to draw to your attention here is the meaning of the seven Ps that are inscribed by the angel on Dante's forehead. These seven Ps correspond to the seven capital sins that will be purged as Dante goes up the mountain. Now, these vices are not so much the worst sins as they're simply the most general categories that include all sins. But the key point to appreciate is that Dante will have the signs of these vices, the seven Ps, removed as he ascends the mountain. Now, why is this important? Well, remember that the central revelation of the Inferno, when you read it, was to show the true character of vice, to show us the ugly truth that makes vice less appealing. Later, we're going to find that the central revelation of the Paradiso is the true character of the joy that accompanies each human excellence that we call virtue. So, what then does purgatory show us? It shows us how a soul that is enslaved to a particular vice becomes free. How do you move from vice to virtue? It's an intensely practical question. Here, then, is the crucial question to keep in mind as you read through the rest of the Purgatorium. As you read about how Dante gets each letter P removed, ask yourself, what does the experience of the souls here show us how the disordered affections of this vice become the well-ordered love that's virtue? This transformation seems to have something to do with the connection between love and suffering. But it also involves com the common prayer, the singing, the stories, and even the beauty of images and sculpture as they all speak into present suffering. In each case, ask yourself, what does this show us about how loves become reordered from vice to virtue? Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.